What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV, and you can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.fm. M. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something that is really interesting to me, particularly because it's a big topic of conversation, ironically, at WP Engine. But for today, what we're going to talk about is product-led content strategies for WordPress product companies. And joining us for that conversation is someone who knows a little bit about that. I'd like to welcome to Press This, Alex Panias of Scale Math. Alex, welcome to Press This. Hey, David. Great to be here. Excellent. I'm really excited to have you here. I know I didn't really tell you this kind of coming into the episode may have surprised you at that point, but product-led content strategies is a hot topic for for WP Engine these days, and I think a lot of other kind of WordPress product companies. But for those listening, um, what Alex is going to talk about are his thoughts around how product teams not only should be involved in content strategy, uh, but should really play a big part in leading it. Um, Alex is going to talk about how most product orgs, uh, product marketing orgs approach, approach content creation, why product teams should really be playing a leadership role, and ways products can lead content initiatives without upending their roadmap. Now, that's a trick, Alex. I'm gonna, really curious about your tips on that one. Um, but we'll kick it off with the first question I ask every guest. Alex, could you briefly tell me your WordPress origin story? When was the first time you used WordPress? My journey with WordPress started back in 2011, um, so quite a while ago, but not not as long ago as for most people. Uh, for me, it was when I launched my first website, which was all about photography, videography, and technology, which at the time was sort of my thing, my hobby, and what I was really passionate about. 
Um, and within a relatively short period of time, I grew that informational content site and I had the opportunity to work with some amazing companies like Think Tank Photo, which are renowned for their high quality camera bags. And then from there, I guess you could say the rest is history. I went from figuring out how to build or more so at the time throwing together my first site um, with some help uh, to watching WordPress grow to being the leading CMS uh, in the world, but also both in my view uh, as well as by statistic. That's really interesting. So you started your WordPress journey kind of building a site around your interest at the time, photography and videography. Did did you know that Matt Mullenweg was photo Matt? Did you know about his photography persona, I guess, or side? <laughs> I will be, I'm disappointed to say that I actually didn't. And it wasn't until a few years uh, or maybe a year after I had built that site that I got more involved in the WordPress community, which as many will agree is one of the one of, if not probably the best part of the WordPress industry uh, is the community behind it. And in the first year or so that I used it, I more so just saw it as uh, this brilliant piece of software that allowed me to do something that I couldn't before with previous solutions. And then as I, I got involved in it, I was like, oh, um, there's this, uh, you know, obviously then it, it came to my knowledge who Matt was and, oh, he's also behind Automatic and all these other companies. Uh, interesting, interesting. Well, 2011, of course, was an exciting year to join, just like basically around a year after custom post types and meta fields were added. So kind of, in my view, the start of WordPress as a true CMS, uh, but it was, I'm sure that was a real exciting time to start getting involved and, and to see it grow over time. Um, now, I was wondering if we could shift gears a little bit, could you tell me a little bit about what scale math is and what y'all do? Yeah, so from first using WordPress in 2011, around five years ago, I first started working in the industry with our first company that we had partnered with, um, which is still what we do to this day. Uh, but at that time, it happened to be a company in the WordPress space. And now, although uh, a lot of our work isn't necessarily just in the WordPress space anymore, uh, we continue to work with a number of WordPress businesses on growth. So, and of course, we continue to use and love it as a solution for our own sites. Um, and again, as I mentioned earlier, have a soft spot for the community alone. Um, and as we said before we hit record, I attended or had the pleasure to attend WordCamp Europe as well. So, yeah, I'm actively still uh, trying to be involved in the WordPress space as, as a community, but also more so still work with companies whether they're not directly in the space, they obviously in some ways, because it occupies such a large part of, you know, the online industry, they still touch uh, the WordPress community in some way. Okay. And you're, this is a consulting service for product-based businesses or help me understand like the core mission of ScaleMath. Yeah. So the short is we partner with industry leading companies to help them grow. That's the sort of, you know, one word or one sentence um, answer. But then beyond that, we, we go a bit further as well. So it's not just on growth, although that's really what kind of hooks people in. It's also then, you know, what goes on beyond that. So the operations of doing that. Uh, so largely like how to get product teams to work with content teams, for example, is one of the things. And then also, of course, customer experience, onboarding, all these types of things, because in our mind, they ultimately fall into the category of growth or work that goes towards uh, growth and most categorize it as that. Um, but really it's so much more because without the rest, ultimately it's very difficult to do uh, wholeheartedly drive growth for a product um, or service company for that matter, if you're not also doing the rest really well. 
Excellent. That makes sense. And I'm on your website now. I can see some of your customers or people we've had on the show, like uh, Vito from Atarim and uh, Vova from Freemius. I'm wondering if you accept customers, though, from principles that first names don't start with V, but maybe we'll uh, save that question for the next <laughs> interview. Uh, but yeah, those are there's some awesome customers that you have there, and that's great to see. Um, so now kind of on the topic you know, uh, that we wanted to focus on here today, I'm just curious, like in, in your view, how do you think most orgs approach product content? Um, and what are maybe with some of the challenges with the common approaches to creating content around products? Yeah, I'd actually lean towards saying that most organizations, at least that we see, don't actually approach content with the view that it should be led by product. Even at larger companies, it tends to be the case that as you grow, the more disconnected you become with the overall approach and the link between product and growth strategy or the people that are involved in actually executing that strategy. And something that in, in our view ultimately shouldn't be the case because when growth, both near-term and long-term aren't aligned with where a product is headed, you often see companies waste a lot of resources focusing on things that have little impact on the business, but it takes way too long for that feedback loop to close and for people to realize that that's the case. Um, and then once it does, it's always about finding who the person is to blame instead of realizing that it's not one person to blame, it's the fact that the, the people in the organization weren't working together. So simple examples of this range from the, the most basic form of it is really just writing content about topics that aren't even remotely related to the product you're building or not understanding what the important part of the product is. So, you know, let's say at WP Engine, a perfect example right now is you're you're doing a push on headless WordPress. So ultimately, that's something that the, the marketing team, I assume, is aware of based on the recent acquisitions that you've made and everything. Uh, but if they aren't, then it's something that they should be so that they can also focus their efforts on driving growth um, organically on that side. And then it also ranges on things like uh, not even aligning from on the product's business model. So let's say you have a B2B business model, but also a B2C model for a product. Um, if you don't actually align with, you know, if it's in the case where we're working directly with the founder or if it's, you know, in-house people that are working with a, a CMO, for example, it's not aligning on what the, the core goal is. Because even if you have two business models, depending on the, the resources you have allocated, you really can only focus on, uh, doing one at a time and then doing it in cycles is normally how we'd approach it because otherwise you don't know whether the efforts that you're investing are supposed to drive impact on the, the B2C model side of the business or on the B2B model side of the business, which ultimately becomes a whole different argument, which is again, more so on the product side to decide, which is what should be leading, what should be the priority, um, which is where the, where the whole confusion stems from. So I feel like the product teams, which don't have it all figured out, often try to, you know, blame or not blame, but more so just rely on marketing and say, oh, that, but that's something that they should have been focusing on, even when they at the time didn't know that it's something that they were focusing on. Uh, so those are kind of some, some of the more common examples we've seen. So it sounds like to summarize that, that most orgs approach content creation through the lens or, or the leadership of the content team, which are fundamentally disconnected um, from what is being built, why it's being built, and, and maybe even, I'm guessing, certainly kind of drawing from personal experience, the use cases of people that are then going to go use it. And so it seems like what you're kind of proposing here is that if those involved in the building and, and solving for the puzzles or, or jobs to be done, if you will, for the products um, are involved more intimately, 
then the 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 content ultimately produced is is better. And so I kind of want to dive into some of the whys behind that and, and even your thoughts on how to approach it. But we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our interview around product-led content strategies with Alex Panias. Alex, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about the kind of common approach most orgs take around kind of the content team leading, of course, with the content strategy. But when it came to products, you felt that the product team really should should be more uh, leadership focused there. Now, you said something early on where you were like, even big companies approach it that way. Like my instinct would say big companies would be more likely to approach it that way because they have more resources and people. Um, did, did you mean to sound surprised when you made that reference or was I reading too much into it? Or, or do you think that smaller companies somehow uh, are, are less inclined to, to, to leverage their engineers and product people to participate in content? Oh yeah, no, definitely. So, I, I mean, my surprise was more so from the expectation that like, companies that are bigger have been going for longer and should have figured it out by that point. But yeah, you're definitely right. The inclination is, it actually tends to be more so the case, the bigger you get, because the, the more disconnected people are and the less people are working one-on-one, -on -one, um, which ultimately is probably where the problem stems for, for most organizations. So yeah, the surprise there is, yeah. Haven't, haven't figured it out yet. That's a, it's a good point. And certainly as people specialize in things like content creation, um, you, you start to see this division of labor, but you also see the division of, you know, being close to the use case, being close to the customer, being close to the product. And, and you start to create these, you know, additional distance between those two. So if, if the common way that people kind of fall into is, is it's a content team driven approach, and I can obviously see a lot of key benefits in that too, um, but why do you think product orgs in particular should have a center, center seat in terms of the content strategy? Like, um, uh, what is that benefit in doing that? I know you kind of touched on it earlier, but I'm just curious in particular with product orgs, what is the value you see there? 
Definitely. So, I mean, we generally see a tight association between how closely product and marketing work hand in hand and the ROI driven from money invested in general in growth. And we won't get into tracking and attribution for content or for marketing in general, because that's a whole um, other uh, course or maybe even PhD realistically, because it's not um, as straightforward, but it's realistically centered around the idea that when you have marketing teams, be it content, social, you know, everything in between paid as well, speaking the same language as customers that are leaving product feedback that makes its way to product managers and aligning on the way that you talk about how those customers are solving problems using the solutions that you've built, uh, the more aligned you are ultimately with the people that you're aiming to target with the work that you're doing. So you have a, a person in mind with, with everything that you're doing and you know what the objective is of let's say if it's a blog post of that blog post, if it's a resource, then of that resource. So it just aligns with the end goal far better. So when you say product led, really, it sounds like what you're describing is like setting the tone, setting the language, identifying the problems, identifying, describing how to the problems are solved with the product. But it didn't sound like what you were saying was like, the product leader is going to sit down with the content roadmap every week and, and help choose what's in there. It feels like maybe when you say lead, it's maybe more trail breaking than like bringing along the, uh, I don't know, the caravan and, and making sure the caravan gets where it's supposed to go. It's, it's more like defining the path. Is that a fair assessment on how you're describing it? Yeah, I think there's a, there's an extent to which it doesn't work. So it also depends on the company and the product itself. But having everybody on the marketing team follow the roadmap conversations and meetings every week or every daily stand up, um, that would be a nightmare. I think that would, for, for us, that that's not something that we'd encourage organizations do because it becomes more complicated and you have information overload. And then you have people thinking that, oh, I heard you mention this on, on the last meeting. I thought that's what we were talking about. And then then that leads to confusion. So it's not so much throwing everybody in into the deep end in terms of getting them all the information that the product team is working with but there just has to be a people willing to work together so without collaboration it realistically the one thing you guarantee is that it's going to be an uphill battle so the the worst of the worst we've seen is company slack channels isolating team members entirely so they have no contact with each other at all so that everybody on marketing teams wasn't even able to realistically reach out to a person who built a feature to ask a question about it for example um, if they had they were working on a piece of content about how that works um, and then you know for example right before a feature launch or anything coming up there's just a small note posted to the people who are responsible for the people on the growth team that are ultimately responsible for making sure it lands the right way. And that usually happened on the day or just the day before in, in those cases. So that, of course, that is ultimately a recipe, um, I would say, for disaster because it's it's never going to work nearly as well. And it's not going to be a great experience for the people working on the teams, nor motivating, as when you get a team that is working closely with each other and aligned and working towards the same mission. Yeah, I can think of uh, various initiatives and products and content strategies we have at WP Engine and those close-knit groups are definitely the best performing. And so that definitely hits home to me. I'm just curious if you've run across this and if you're unfamiliar, feel free to say, say so. But do you, do you feel like writing and participating in content from like the product org or even the engineers working on stuff, um, it, do you find it helps them make better products and, and maybe make better features like does having to explain it somehow translate into better products yeah so we're we try to encourage all the companies we work with to have a very much a written work culture so as opposed to having 
meetings you know throughout the day to encourage them to write because in general that makes everything much more thoughtful so when you have people in a meeting you normally have somebody explaining something in five minutes or in 10 minutes and then you have everybody you know all 10 people in the meeting saying like oh yeah that's great that makes a lot of sense in my head um and that's because they're led to and they're motivated by the fact that they're on a call but ultimately when if they were reading a written explanation with screenshots of how something could or currently does work then they have more time to think and sit back about whether that actually makes sense so i think it helps people form better opinions so i think writing whether it's internally or or also publicly um I think having people that are on the product side also spend their time uh, do uh, public facing actual growth work tends to take away from the work they do on the product side. But internally, I definitely think that there should be a lot more emphasis in general across the board um, on writing as opposed to having things in meeting because in meetings, because when you do that, yes, I think the people think what they're saying through a lot more and everything tends to be more thoughtful. Yeah, that bright idea doesn't always seem as bright when you write it out and mm-hmm. into a pitch. It's a it's a really interesting and salient point. Um, okay, so with product led or at least I guess trail broken content strategies, um, when like one of the benefits I can imagine, of course, is having you know better content about the products that more accurately describes them. I could see that translating into people getting more excited about the products and potentially buying the products more often or using them more often. What are the, like, is, is that the totality of the growth opportunities in product-led growth content strategies? Like, how do you think about, like, why would this help an organization grow? Yeah, I think beyond just that, beyond it, you know, coming across better to customers in individual pieces of content or individual work that's done, it also makes the company, and and I say this as a user, but also it's from what we've heard from users at the companies that we've worked with, is that it makes the company look more put together in the simplest way, because when you don't have that, you have the feeling that content and all the work that certain teams are doing is just not aligned with what features the product is pushing. So then that just leads to confusion on the customer side. If you have, for example, on the content side, people writing one thing about, okay, I mean, this is, let's say, not not the best example, but it comes to mind given the, the context of the conversation with WP Engine, which is, let's say WP Engine is, is doing something on the product side with regards to performance. Let's say you then don't align with the content team and they write something that in some ways actually contradicts what the product is doing in terms of performance. So you're having support teams advise people and you're having the product encourage people, nudge them towards optimizing for performance in a specific way. Um, I I won't think of a specific example, but then in a piece of content, you're actually having the content team, which is working so isolated from the support and the product teams um, that you actually don't even have them aware of that, that they're they're contradicting what's written there. So that just leads to a a lack of cohesion, I think, for customers, because then what, what happens then if a customer comes across you through that piece of work, and then they get into the product and they come across it and they think, oh, that I thought I was explained differently when I was originally signing up or when I originally read about WP Engine, I didn't know that this was how it's going to be, for example. So you have this notion of like expectation settings, which if you get it wrong, can cause a bad experience, cause cancellations. Of course, cancel prevention is growth, of course, particularly with recurring revenue products. Mm-hmm. And um, and so it's it's not just convincing people to buy it for the first time, but it's also playing this role in enablement and getting started and continuing to find success. And so by having a strong kind of 
an accurate product representation in that content, um, you can drive value beyond just converting on a website. And that makes total sense. And a matter of fact, I'm thinking of a project right now that like would fit very well with the conversation uh, you were just kind of pontificating we would have. Um, so now I want to kind of dive into a little bit around how we do all this without, you know, ripping up our roadmap. Um, but uh, we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Alex Panias of Scale Math about how product-led con- about product-led content strategies for WordPress product companies. Alex, right before the break, you were talking about you know the different growth opportunities and in, in having a product-led content strategy. You know, kind of. Uh, played a little bit on my 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 suggestion that it's good for maybe converting new customers, but then you pointed out it's really helpful for things like setting the proper expectations and enablement, which can have additional growth benefits, which I thought was a really great way to look at it. But of course, every time you talk to a product person or an engineer about participating in content, the question inevitably comes up like, but what about the roadmap? Um, I was actually talking about this tension of the value of product and engineering-led content and and the pressure on the roadmap with Ian Paulson of Delicious Brains, who recently joined WP Engine because of the acquisition. I was actually doing that this morning, Alex. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get some tips in this interview with Alex later. I'll bring it back to you. Um, but like, what are your thoughts? Like, how can product orgs manage content work streams without, you know, torching big chunks of the roadmap? Ultimately, I think, I think when done, when executed right, it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. If not, it, it can be the opposite. So one example, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm, I'm not answering this the way you initially had it in mind in terms of torching uh, chunks of the roadmap. Uh, but the other way we've seen, um, like one example is actually gauging the potential for a certain feature with content. So let's say you run a very active Facebook community surrounding a product, um, but you can, let's say informational content, uh, let's bring it back to an example. So let's say informational content about how to achieve X doesn't necessarily have to feature the solution, but can still have a place on on a company's site. Uh, So in that case, if you have an active community to push this to, it could be very interesting to actually put together this informational piece that as of present doesn't feature your product as the solution because it doesn't have that feature, push it to the community, see what the response is. And then you generally know if you get uh, 10, 20 comments saying, oh, this is really great. I appreciate you putting together this guide. 
in, in theory, it would be great if your product could automate this or, you know, do this out of the box, uh, because it, it seems like that should be doable. And then, you know, you can feed that back to the product team and say, look, they, they're actually very interested in uh, being able to do this with our product. Is this something that we can build? Uh, because it looks like we validated the demand for it. So that I think is how I would have it feed back into the roadmap. Um, and I would try to keep uh, with regards to torching big chunks of the roadmap. Um, I would say that the content team shouldn't be that involved in informing the roadmap. Uh, they should generally work with a handful of people on a, on a bigger organization only. So it doesn't come to the point where they're even giving instructions to specific people about specific features, because otherwise it does create uh, more mess than it, than it actually improves the overall workflow. It, in terms of like the product engineering team's roadmap, like the interference of working on content, I first off, I love the idea of, of uh, doing like a how-to guide that if your product did it, would solve it. That's very clever. Um, is it that when you have new features available or new use cases you're solving for, like the product and maybe the engineers would kind of work on the story behind that and then like pass it off? Is that a way to re to kind of reduce the impact to the engineering roadmap is to your point, like not be involved with every lick of content, but really kind of be directional. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, ultimately you want the, so this becomes more difficult as products become more technical. So with WP Engine, there's a range because of the ICPU target or the ideal customer profile that you're ultimately targeting. It differs. But with more technical products, if you only have a technical audience, you do want the people on the content team or on the growth team in general to be able to speak with experience and expertise on the vertical that your product operates in. So if you need them to lean on somebody on the product side for everything from an explanation of how a feature works, in general, that tends to be bad because it means that they don't, they ultimately don't have the understanding of their product. And without a, the, the true understanding of the product, it's very difficult to do growth work because then it, it tends to interfere with uh, the product people and them being able to focus on what is their actual full-time job because of course they also have a whole other set of responsibilities to fulfill so i think that comes down to that comes down to the people you have on your team being a really good fit for the product as well which yeah. is difficult to vet for um but if specifically within the wordpress space it, it's about hiring people that have used the product so if you're if you're a relatively small product company and you're hiring um we met with a couple of people at wordcamp europe that actually said they hired a significant number of people from their customer base, as opposed to going out and looking for recruiters. They hired people that have used their product, know how it works inside out, and that significantly cut down the time of, of onboarding them because it wasn't about, okay, you have a general understanding of, you know, that you have a technical background, but you've never heard of our product or understand how it works. They have had actually used it because they were previously customers. Yeah, that's really interesting because in WordPress in particular is an opportunity because it's such a dominant CMS that it's so easy to find people with that background. My last two senior manager hires actually were customers at WP Engine. So uh, I, I uh, matter of fact, my team is the growth team, Alex, but uh, <laughs> the, uh, it, it, uh, you know, that, that, that ability, that that history, and and having you know uh, what I, what the way I put it is, have you built WordPress sites for money? You know that that's experience that is difficult to replicate through learning. And and to your point, particularly on smaller orgs that might not have extensive PMK support, um, it's 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 often critical for those content creators to have that domain direct domain experience. Um, and I, I definitely could see that uh, being a big pillar of what you focus on. Well, this was incredible, Alex. Thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your thoughts here. 
My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. If you'd like to learn more about what Alex is up to, please visit scalemath.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. Again, this has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.